Okay, guys, welcome back to our teaching in the book of Genesis. Now, the last time we were here in chapter 26, we were basically looking at the life of Isaac in his struggles amongst the Philistines. And what we pretty much saw was how Isaac had to learn to trust God in the same way that his father Abraham did. And we also saw how God was faithful in all of the promises that he had made unto Isaac. That is a promise of prosperity in the land that Isaac was sojourning. Now we move to chapter 27, where our predominant character here will be Jacob as we deal with the issue of Jacob's deception of his father. But now, before we get into this, what we have to recall is this. Earlier in chapter 25, I believe it was, earlier in chapter 25, when Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau, was pregnant with twins, God had given a revelation that the younger shall be the shall have the birthright, or as, as it said back, back then, the elder shall serve the younger. That is, the birthright of the family would be given to the younger son, and not to whom it would naturally be given to the eldest son. So they knew both. Isaac and Rebekah, that the birthright was supposed to be given to Jacob. And also in our last preview of an interaction between Jacob and his brother Esau, we remember how Esau sold his birthright to his brother Jacob for a pot of lentils, for a pot of beans, okay? Which is the reason why the scripture calls him in the book of Hebrews, it calls him a profane person, a worthless fellow who does not regard spiritual things of value. But nevertheless, uh, oh, and before we even go a little bit further, let me uh, um, bring, you, bring you back to remembrance on the birthright. Now remember, the birthright basically entailed, entails two things. It gives whoever has the birthright, the spiritual leadership of the family. He becomes the the leader of the clan, the leader of the tribe, especially in matters of spiritual leadership. But also the birthright uh, gives the blessings of the father. That is the material blessings, the, the blessings of wealth and things of that nature. So it is through the birthright that the Blessing of Abraham is to be transmitted. And that's basically the idea. It is through this birthright that the blessings of Abraham, that is all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, those blessings that God gave to Abraham, it would be transmitted by virtue of the birthright. Okay, so now let's start in chapter 27. We know it is a very narrative story. It is lengthy. So the points that we need to make will make unnecessary points that are pretty much given by the scripture themselves. We'll just simply read through as we read in the scriptures. Now it came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see that he called his older son Esau and said to him, my son. And he said to him, here I am. Isaac said, behold, now I am old and I do not know the day of my death. Now, now then please take your gear your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare a savory dish for me such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you before I die. So it opens up 
And, and what we basically see is this. Isaac is recognizing the fact that he is old. Here, Isaac is over 100 years old because we know that Isaac, that Esau was born when Isaac was 60 years old. And also we know that Esau had married um, to, at the age of 40. OK. And so this is beyond that time. Actually, if we had to do the calculation, I think Isaac is approximately 137 years old. But nevertheless, nevertheless, he is fearing now that because his eyesight is getting dimmer, his health is declining. He is getting old and near death. Actually, Isaac will live about what, about 40 years, even beyond this time to over 180 years old, I believe. But nevertheless, he thinks that he's nearing the time of death. And so he wants to bless Esau, his favorite son, before he dies. Now, what is important to remember is this. Esau, as the scriptures has told us earlier, is Isaac's favorite son. And we also know, on the other hand, what? Jacob is the favorite son of Rebekah, the mother. And so Esau wants to give the, give the Abrahamic blessing to his son. Now there will be more I'm going to say about the Abrahamic blessing at the end of this chapter, but that seems to be the idea in the mind of Esau. He wants to give his favorite son, his actual, and as far as age is concerned, his older son, the blessing that God had already preordained for Jacob to give, I'm sorry, for Isaac to give to Jacob. So here we see Isaac is acting in disobedience to the revealed will of God. Isaac is in disobedience. Okay. And so he asked him to go out and to, to hunt game. Remember, we know that Esau was a hunter and Esau was a man of the field. And so Esau would go out and hunt game and prepare it in such a way that Isaac liked to eat it. Isaac was used to eating of Esau's game and how he fixed it. He knew how Esau would prepare this particular meal. And so he enjoyed it. So it would seem to be some sort of some sort of a ceremonial type dinner in which Isaac was requesting of his son Esau. Six, five, I'm sorry. Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loved. Then you shall bring it to your father that he may eat so that he may bless you before his death. OK, so now Rebecca has heard she has overheard Isaac's plan of blessing Esau. And of course, remember, as I just told you, Jacob is her favorite son, but also as well, the blessing of the birthright belongs to Jacob in the first place. So. Rebecca's sin here is the deception of her husband, not so much as and the lack of faith. That's what we see in Rebecca's part. Why do I say lack of faith? God had already predetermined 
to whom the birthright should go to. So there is no need to act in a sinful manner. And this is what she's doing by deceiving her husband. And Jacob is participating in the deception. There's no reason to act in a deceptive manner. God's will will be done. And we can also see the will of God acting even in this scenario. So regardless to what Isaac is going to try to do, that is to bless Esau and regardless to the deception of Rebecca, his wife, God's will of who will receive the birthright will be done and it cannot be thwarted. So what does Rebecca do? She comes up with a plan and that is to get Jacob to actually take the meal to Isaac himself so that Jacob could be blessed. So she tells him to go get two young kid goats and she knows how to prepare the meal. Remember Esau is a hunter. Esau is probably going out to get venison or something in that nature. Wild game. But Rebecca also knows the palate of her husband, Isaac, and she knows just how to prepare the meal in such a way he will not be able to tell the difference to whether or not it's wild game or whether these are the two young kid goats. So she tells Jacob, go and get those two kid goats and they concoct up. I'm sorry. She concocts a plan so that he can take it in before his father and therefore he can be blessed pretending as if he is Esau. That is instead of Esau continuing. Then verse number 11, Jacob answered his mother, Rebecca, behold, Esau, my brother is a hairy man and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me. Then I will be as a deceiver in his sight and I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, your curse be upon me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the young goats on his hand and on the smooth part of his neck. She also gave the savory food and the bread, which she had made to her son, Jacob. Okay, so then they continued on with the plot. But Jacob became concerned because Jacob, he said, I am a smooth person. And my brother Esau is a hairy man. And I believe that word in the Hebrew is a seer. And this is where we get the same word that is used for Mount Seir, which we know will later on be called the domain of the descendants of Esau, that is the Edomites who dwell in Mount Seir. But nevertheless, his whole concern was that he may get caught and his father may attempt to touch him in some way. And if there is a touching of Jacob, he will be it will be discovered that clearly he is smooth and therefore it is Jacob and not Esau, and instead of his father actually blessing him in anger, his father Isaac would turn it into a curse. And so his mother assumed responsibility for the whole event. If, if, the, if it fought, fails and your father discovers you, then let his curse be upon me. But nevertheless, she continued on to take this, the two young goats from the two young goats that she had told Jacob to go get so she can prepare the food 
take the skins from those goats and she placed it on his hands and on his neck. And also Esau had some clothing in the house that was with his mother. And so what did she do? She told Jacob to put this on. So therefore he would smell the, 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 that wild smell of the open field and things of that nature. The smell of Esau would be upon Jacob. The feel of Esau, the hairiness would be upon Jacob. And if you notice something which deals with this whole event, which is not good within itself, the whole event, this whole deceptive event, Isaac not being obedient to the command of God to bless his younger son, Rebecca, in her deception and Jacob in his participation of those deception, as well as the lies that Jacob would tell. All of this scenario involves the natural senses. All of the scenarios involves the natural senses. One exception would be the sense of sight. Why? Because we know Isaac has said what he is now blind and cannot see. But nevertheless, so they continue on in the deception. Verse number seven. I'm sorry. Verse number 18. Then he came to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please sit and eat of my game that you may bless me. Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have that you have it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord, your God, caused it to happen to me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come close that I might feel you, my son, whether or not you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hand. So he blessed him. So now we move to Jacob having the food. Rebecca has prepared it and he is now taking the food in to his father. And when he takes the food to his father, his father is kind of surprised. And we see his, his father, Isaac, being very suspicious. And the first thing that arouses his suspicion is how quickly he was for him to prepare the food. Remember, Esau had to go out, hunt the game, prepare the food, then bring it to Isaac. So to Isaac. And this would take some time. And so uh, Jacob has to come up with a reason why he did it so quickly. And Jacob said it was based upon providence. That is, it was God's will that he should go ahead and quickly shoot and catch the game and prepare the game and bring it to his father, Isaac, so Isaac can bless him. This was God's hand in the matter. But nevertheless, he lied to him because notice it was the voice it was the voice of Jacob that was distinct. And when Jacob spoke to him, he says, here I am, my father. He, he noticed, even though Isaac could not see, he noticed the voice was the voice of Jacob. And so what did he do? He asked Jacob to come near to him so that he can do what? Feel him so that he can have other proof that indeed it was his son Esau before he actually blessed him. So it, and the story continues on. He didn't recognize him. He didn't. So in the end, that is simply saying Jacob fooled him. 
And so now here he prepares to bless him. So moving on. And he said, are you rid of my son Esau? Verse number 24. And he said, I am. So he said, bring it to me and I will eat of my son's game that I may bless you. And he brought it to him and he ate. He also brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him. And when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, see the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now, may God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. So now one more time, we're moving in again. And now Isaac asks him to bring him the food. He says, okay, are you indeed my son? And he answers again, the third lie that Jacob tells, yes, I am. And so Isaac says, okay, bring me the food. And when he brought him the food, he actually wanted him to come near him so that he could smell him as well. And this would simply be further verification that indeed Jacob was Esau, but we know this was all an elaborate trick of Jacob. And so he prepares the food and Isaac eats the food and he also gives him wine so that he may drink. And after what again, again, as I said to you earlier, what seems like a ceremonial meal, but after the meal, Isaac begins to bless Jacob with whom he was thinking was Esau. And so he opens up and says, his son smells like a field. And this is because of the garments that Rebecca told Jacob to put on him to smell like Esau. And this was also once again, how the kind of man that Isaac liked. And this is why he had, he favored Esau. Esau was his favorite son so much because Esau came to him as a man's man, a man of the field, a great hunter. But nevertheless, he says, this is a son. My son is like a field that the Lord has blessed. And then he continues with the blessing. He gives him material blessings when he says, now may God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, abundance of grain and wine. This speaks of material blessings, the blessings in an agricultural type sense. And then he continues to say, may peoples serve you and nations bow before you. And this is the blessing of I don't want to use the term superiority, but let me just simply say his greatness. And remember the greatness that we saw in Abraham. And so in this same sense, uh, uh, and so we saw the same greatness in Isaac as well. Remember when Abimelech came to Isaac, we can see that you're a great man. So that same sense of greatness, he's saying, and then he says, and may your brothers and be a master of your brothers. In other words, he is now giving him the leadership over the tribe itself. So over all that he has, it is, he is now transferring the leadership of that over into over to Jacob himself. So he gives him the blessings, blessings that come of the land. And that's key. 
blessings that come of the land, fruitful blessings in abundance. He gives him a greatness among men in part of that blessings. And he also gives him an inheritance of his brothers. You can even say an inheritance among his brothers, but in that inheritance, it is inclusive of his brothers themselves, including and that includes the people of Isaac, the slaves of Isaac and all that Isaac has for the most part. Okay. Now, before we continue on, when we look at this particular blessing, even though it has Abrahamic, Abrahamic overtones, I cannot help but notice that there is still a distinction in the type of blessing. He did not declare the reason why I'm saying that is when you move into the next chapter, chapter 28, and you see Jacob bless, I'm sorry, Isaac blessed Jacob again, this time knowing that it is Jacob, this time knowing that he will give Jacob the Abrahamic covenant blessings. The wording is a little bit different here. So there is a similarity of Abrahamic covenant blessing here in chapter 27, but I cannot help but notice it is still a distinction. So it seems to, does it, does it suggest, and this is what I'm thinking, does it suggest that Isaac is somewhat hesitant a little bit to give him the full blown, if you'll let me say it that way, Abrahamic blessing? Because notice it is not until chapter 28 that Isaac says, I give unto you the blessings of Abraham. And, then, and that includes, not, and not only that, not only does it include the seed of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham. Okay. It also includes the land covenant of Abraham. That is the land of Israel that is not made as specific here in chapter 27. There is spoken an abundance of the land, which seems to imply the promised land that was promised to Abraham and to you and your seed. I give this land, but he didn't state that directly in this particular blessing. So all I'm trying to say is this, it seems something is a little aloof in the blessing itself, that it was not as direct and not as clear as the Abrahamic blessing that he will bless Jacob intentionally in the next chapter, in chapter number 20, 28, right before Jacob leaves to go to his uncle's homeland. But we're not there yet. And, and nevertheless, he ends that blessing. Cursed be the ones who curse you and blessed and uh, blessed be those who would bless you. And so that ends, that ends this particular issue of the, and, 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 and I don't want to say stolen blessing. I was just about to say stolen. Remember, God had already preordained that this blessing should be given to Jacob in the first place. So Jacob did not steal the blessing. It was already his. What Jacob did was deceive his father. He deceived his father. And that was his sin in that, in the lies that he told in deceiving his father. Okay. Now let's move on to Esau. We remember earlier Esau sold that birthright. But the question, it begins to beg the difference. Did Esau really mean that he was selling all of his birthright? Now, some seem to suggest that he sold the birthright in, con in com 
in totality. That is possibly true. But I also believe that Esau understood the distinction in the birthright. Remember, I told you makes one leader of the family, priest of the family, and it gives that material side of blessing. And it seems like that was the most important part that Esau was looking forward to. Why? Because even though early he it was stated he sold the birthright for a pot of beans here, he is coming now to receive the birthright, okay? Or what we're calling here, the blessing. So let's continue. Now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother came in from his hunting. Then he also made savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. Isaac, his father said to him, who are you? And he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, who was he that had hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of all of it before you came and blessed him? Yes. And he shall in, and he shall be blessed. So let me stop there. So as we would simply say it in our time, no soon as Jacob left, Esau came in from hunting and he prepared the food that he know that his father liked to eat, brought it in before his father and presented it to his father again with the ceremonial meal and asked his father Isaac to give him a blessing. Now, the response of Isaac when he did that, he shook violently. And this makes us because I say he shook with a great shaking, with a great shaking. Uh, it makes us to wonder why is Isaac shaking so violently? And it seems to suggest and possibly imply that Isaac became aware of God's intervention. In other words, even though Isaac's intention was to bless his favorite son, Esau, God overruled in all of these matters. He overruled in all of these matters and the will of God was still done. And Isaac blessed Jacob, the intended one for God to bless. And so therefore, Isaac being aware, he would shook in re realization that God was indeed involved in the matter. But nevertheless, so Isaac was it was told unto him that it was someone else who came. And of course, we know that it was. Jacob and Isaac spoke that he already blessed Jacob with the blessing and indeed he will be blessed. In other words, once a blessing was given, that blessing was irrevocable. You cannot take it back. It was a one time thing. So therefore, the blessing that Isaac gave to Jacob was the only blessing that he could give. And it was no longer available to be given to Esau. It was no longer available to him. Okay. But anyway, also notice too, that Esau came in and said that I am Esau, your firstborn. Once again, they are all acting contrary to the will of God. Even though Esau was born first, Esau was not to receive the right or the blessings of the firstborn. That right of birthright, that is the birthright, the blessing was given to Jacob. 
Okay. But nevertheless, so now let's continue. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceeding great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Then he said, is he not right, right, rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Now, I would normally keep reading, but I do want to stop and make a couple of points. So when Esau heard that his served from his father, that the blessing was already given to Jacob, the response of Esau was a very bitter cry. He was torn apart and he began to beg his father to bless him as well. Is there not some kind of blessing, another additional blessing that he could bless Esau with? And so Isaac respond and notice there is so much name play on the play on names with Jacob's name. Remember, Jacob's name means supplanter or it means deceitful to act in a deceitful manner or one who grabs the heel. And so Jacob says, your brother came in deceitfully. But the reason why I pause is when he said these words and he took away your blessing. Remember what we've been saying again and again in this teaching. The blessing was never Esau's. It was by divine ordinance in the very beginning of Rebecca's pregnancy. God revealed that the blessing belonged to the younger son, that is Jacob. And so once again, we see the response of uh, Esau. He's, you can see the anger building in him. And notice he's saying, is he not rightfully named supplanter? It's because he has supplanted me these two times. Now notice this. Esau is not taking any responsibility for his conduct in the first place. Number one, he did not value the birthright. Remember, he sold it for a pot of beans. And number two, he's acting as if this is something that Jacob himself initiated. That's incorrect. The first time Esau came from the field, acting as if he was starving to death, he initiated the selling of his birthright by the sense of when Jacob said, sell me your birthright, Esau did what? He agreed. He did not have to agree. Second time, when, they, when he and I'm sorry, actually it was Isaac, planned to bless him apart from the will of God. And Esau consented to this. Again, this is Esau. So notice Esau takes no responsibility for his actions, for his sins, but he wants to be blessed. And there can be no blessing in such a manner. You have to take responsibility. What does the scripture say? He who covers his sins shall not prosper, but he who forsakes them and turns away from them shall have God's blessing. Esau confesses nothing. He has no responsibility according to him, but nevertheless, we're going. So he says he begins to plead whether or not there remains some sort of blessing for him. Verse number 37. But Isaac replied to Esau, behold, I made him your master and all his relatives. I have given him, given to him as servants. Notice that. 
and with grain and new wine, I have sustained him. Now as for you, then what can I do, my son? Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. So Esau lifted his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling and away from the dew of the heaven from above. By your sword, you shall live and your brother, you shall serve. But it shall come about when you become restless that you will break his yoke from your neck. So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. So we see Esau again pleading for a blessing. But what does Isaac say to him? He says, it is now too late. I have made him your master. He is now the head of the family. He is the tribal leader and all of his relatives, all of the slaves are now being given to Jacob. And not only that, he says, I have sustained him wine and grain. This is the blessing from the earth as well as the material wealth of Isaac himself. So he has transferred now the leadership of the tribe to Jacob. And that means he has the wealth and the leadership. And of course, the spiritual blessings that are entailed therein. And so he continues as Esau wails even louder. He cries out to the father, please, dad, give me some sort of a blessing. And so Isaac gives him a blessing. But what you have to take notice of in this particular section here is it is not the same blessing as he gave unto Jacob. What we just covered. OK, servants, material prosperity and even a blessing that should come from the land. Notice here is an opposite blessing. He says, notice again, behold, away from the fertility of the earth. So instead of the earth bearing forth its fruitness and abundance for Esau, the earth will hold back its fruitfulness from Esau. So actually he's getting a, a, a contradictory, a blessing of the other side and away from the dew of heaven from above. That's the same idea that abundance that the earth should bring forth. He says, no, you will not get that. But he says, uh, by the sword, he will live. And that speaks for itself that Esau and the Edomites will be a warlike tribal people. Okay. You're, but nevertheless, your brother, you will serve. That is the descendants of Jacob, who we know will become Israel will still rule over the Edomites, be a greater power than the Edomites. Then it says it will come to pass that when you, when it, when he becomes restless, he'll break the yoke. This speaks of the continuous fighting and the resistance of the Edomites to the Israelites. There were always issues of aggression and problems between the descendants of Jacob, Israel, and the descendants of Esau, the Edomites. They were always what well, basically the Edomites were always aggressive and contrary to the Israelites. Okay. 
So it says in the end, because of all of this, Esau bore a grudge in his heart. He harbored hostility against his brother. And he, remember, it started off with saying Isaac was old. His eyesight was dim. He was thinking that his death was near. And so this is also the mind of Esau. He thought soon his father would be dead. And when his father is dead, he was going to kill his brother Jacob. So we can see the enmity. Remember the enmity that was in the womb as they struggled enmity that even continues even now, but the enmity in the heart of Esau because of what Jacob had done and Esau was planning to kill him at the death of his father, Isaac. He hated him. 42. Now, when the words of her elder son, Esau were reported to Rebecca. She sent and called her younger son, Jacob, and said to him, behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself concerning you by planning to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee to Haran to my brother Laban. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send and get you from there. Why should I be bereaved of both of you, of you both in one day? Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth, like these from the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? All right. So now the story continues. Somehow Rebecca is made aware of her son Esau's plan to kill her younger son, Jacob, who of course we remember is her favorite son. And so she comes up with another plan, but this time a plan to send him away to her brother's house, Laban's house. Okay. Laban, the Syrian back in Mesopotamia, send him back there. And so she's going to have to concoct a story, a reason to get Isaac, his father, to send him there. But nevertheless, so what does she say? Go there. And her plan is for him to stay only a few days. And we know that this is completely wrong. This plan did not come together whatsoever because instead of Jacob staying there for a few days, he ended up staying there for over 20 years. But she said, stay there for a few days till his anger subsides until he is not as angry. And here's the thing, the kicker, when she said for what you did to him. But remember, the plan was all Rebecca's. It was Rebecca's plan and Jacob assented to the plan. He agreed with the plan and went along with the plan. But both of them were co-conspirators in deceiving Isaac so that Jacob would attain the blessing. But nevertheless, she said, what you, my son, did to him. And now she's not taking responsibility here for her actions. So what can she do? That's the question. To get Isaac to send Jacob away so that Jacob would not be killed by Esau. Okay. And so what does she do? She begins to complain. We remember earlier, and I believe it's in chapter 26 at the end of chapter 26, when Esau was 40 years of age, he took 
two Hittite wives, that is two Canaanite wives of the land. And remember, we've talked about this all throughout from the time of Abraham, Abraham finding a wife for Isaac. What did Abraham tell his, his servant? Do not take a wife from these, from the daughters of this land, from amongst the Canaanites, go back to my father's house. And so that's where Isaac's wife, Rebecca came from. But notice Esau did not follow that same way. He married from the daughters of that land and they became uh, an irritation to both Isaac and Rebecca. Don't marry the Canaanites. And all throughout, whenever Israel in the future, in the future, in the law of Moses, they would always have something to reflect back to because God would in the law of Moses say unto the Israelites, when they come back after slavery, do not marry the women of this land. Don't you take their wives. Don't you take their daughters and don't you marry their sons whatever. Don't interchange in the marriage. Why? Because they will turn your hearts from following the living God. And that seems to be the seminal point even here how they turn the heart from following the God of Abraham. So what does Rebecca do? She complains and says, oh, oh, if Jacob marries one of these Canaanite women, oh, I'm, a, I'm just going to die. I'm just going to die. I'm going to die. And so, of course, these women were sore to Isaac as well. And he will agree to send Jacob away. And so we have we have Rebecca saying, and I, let me bring this final point. She said, what will my life be? She said, because if Jacob, going back to Jacob now, if your brother succeeds in killing you, I will lose both of you in one day. Now, what does she mean when she says that? Of course, Esau kills Jacob. He is dead that day and justice will be upon Esau for the murder of his brother. And therefore, Esau himself will be put to death. All right. Thanks for joining me on that When The next time we come together, we continue with our focus on Jacob and his escape into Haran. See you next time.